Ohio State spring practice has concluded without anyone seizing control of the starting quarterback job, and that lack of clarity is making life complicated for one of the contenders. And fresh reporting from AL.com sheds interesting new light on how Greg Sankey used the power of the commissioner's office to keep Hugh Freeze from getting a job in the SEC in 2018. It's April 17th. I'm Connor Tapp, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. In January, Bama Online reported that Nick Saban had met with former Ole Miss head coach Hugh Freeze, presumably for the purposes of evaluating Freeze for a position on Saban's staff at Alabama. Freeze ended up not joining the Crimson Tide football staff, and a new report on Monday from AL.com brought previously unreported details about the encounter between Freeze and Saban to light. We have Brad Crawford with us, who covers college football for 24-7 Sports. So, Brad, what was the new information in today's report for AL.com? Yeah, so we finally know why freeze to Alabama never materialized, and and basically it's because the SEC blocked it. Um, AL.com reported Monday that somewhere between the time Saban interviewed Freeze in January and eventually promoted Mike Loxley to O.C., um, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey pretty much told Saban that he did not approve of Freeze as a candidate to join Alabama staff and did not want him getting a job so soon after what happened at Ole Miss with the um, booster negotiations there and, and all the off-the-field concerns in Oxford. Um, basically, Alabama did not receive Greg Sankey's blessing um, after he kind of utilized his power to bring up a old um, SEC bylaw. I think it got enacted in uh, 2015 or 2016, I want to say, um, roughly quoting here, but basically any, any coach who is engaged in um, unethical conduct as defined by the NCAA bylaws, it's, it's up to the commissioner to kind of ride off on that hire. And um, like I mentioned, Sankey did not, you know, Saban did not get Sankey's blessing. And, you know, that's where we are. Freeze apparently um, was also a candidate to call plays at LSU and Missouri after both those programs lost their OCs. And, Sankey didn't approve him there either. Greg Sankey became commissioner of the SEC in 2015 when Mike Slive retired. And Brad, if I had to come up with some adjectives to describe what kind of commissioner Sankey is, I'm not sure I'd really be able to come up with any. Do you think his use of soft power here to get Nick Saban to do what he wanted does anything to help define his commissionership? It was a bold move by Saban to try and hire Freeze, who has beaten him on the field twice. And really, you know, you ask any college football insider, a freeze is one of the more respected offensive gurus in this game. Um, still out of a job, but you know, plenty of programs, as I've already mentioned, LSU and Missouri were also interested. Um, AL.com said three other teams were as well. So, um, you know, Saban attempted a power move. Greg Sankey blocked it. And, you know, that, that Sankey kind of putting his foot down and telling every other SEC program, if there's a recently fired coach or, or someone who resigns, you know, you, you have to go through me to get him. Prior to Freeze's firing in 2017, he was one of only two active college football coaches with multiple wins over Nick Saban. What do you think it says about Saban that he was so interested in hiring someone who's been a bit of a thorn in his side over the past few years? You know, Saban, the, the last two or three years especially, has kind of adopted a, a more tempo-based offense at Bama. He still doesn't go as high as, as, as the Oregons and Ole Misses of the world, but, you know, Bama has run more plays, and, and really that, that's a facet of um, ever-changing offenses and, you know, not wanting a defense to sub in and out a, a series of players. Um, 
you know, Bama kind of um, felt the fist of that against Ole Miss. And like, like you mentioned, Freeze has beat them twice, and a lot of that was because of a, a tempo-based system. You know, not to mention that, that Freeze is also a, a good recruiter. Um, you know, it, it was kind of reported early that Bama was interested in him as an analyst, but, you know, now we see today it was a lot more than that, maybe a co-OC position along that offensive side of the ball. So um, Saban not only would have gotten an ace recruiter in Hugh Freeze, but he would have gotten somebody who, uh, you know, takes one of the better SEC coaches away from, from beating him and, and, in fact, joining him on his own staff. Brad writes about college football for 24-7 Sports with a specialization in all things SEC. You can find him on Twitter at bcrawford247. Brad, thanks for joining us. Thanks, man. After the playing of the annual Scarlet and Gray game on Saturday, Ohio State's spring practice is now over, and Urban Meyer told the media that the Buckeyes' quarterback battle is still too close to call. The outcome of this competition has major implications for the OSU football team, but no member of it will be as acutely impacted by it as rising redshirt junior Joe Burrow, who, if he loses the battle to Dwayne Haskins or Tate Martell, could leave Ohio State and be eligible to play immediately as a graduate transfer. Dave Biddle covers the Buckeyes, and he was at the spring game on Saturday to hear Burrow's comments. Dave, what is your impression of how Burrow is sizing up the dilemma that he's currently facing? Connor, good to be with you. I think what Joe Burrow is thinking is, you know, he's going to sit down with Ohio State's coaches, um, you know, this week. I mean, maybe it could have even happened already, and uh, they might even have multiple conversations to find out where he's at. Is it really equal in their mind? Um, is he perhaps the leader? Is he not the leader? Is Dwayne Haskins perhaps the leader? And I think if he hears that Dwayne Haskins is the leader, um, but hey, you still have a chance. Let's you know, you still have a chance in, in preseason camp. But Dwayne Haskins is our leader leaving spring. I think Joe Burrow will transfer. Um, I have no doubt Joe Burrow is going to be an excellent college starting quarterback. Uh, I just don't know if it's going to be at Ohio State or if it's going to be somewhere else. So if that's what he's told by Urban Meyer and the coaching staff, I think he will transfer. Um, but if if he is told it's equal, and he actually buys that, I've always said it's like, come on, I mean, one guy's got to be like 51-49. It can't be 50-50, right? But if he's told it's equal and he buys that, um, I think he might stick around. I'm not, I'm not positive about that. I think he might stick around. That's no sure thing. Um, so if he's told it's equal, he might. He's a confident young man, and I know he, that Dwayne Haskins was the favorite you know, coming into spring from a lot of people, myself included, but uh, it, it, I, and I thought Urban might have been blowing smoke saying it was too close to call. It, you watch these guys play, and it really does almost look too close to call at this point, Connor. The longer Meyer and the coaching staff take to make a decision, the more complicated things get for Burrow if, he, if transferring ends up being the decision he wants to make. Do you have any sense that the coaching staff is aware that that's an issue with him and is factoring that into their timeline at all. Yeah, what's really interesting is Urban Meyer even came out and said that he's already had conversations with the Burrow family, and this was like 
just like a week or two into spring ball, just saying, like, we've already had those conversations. Um, I've assured them that, he, that we're going to let them know. He, he, was, he was, you know, he, he was very forthcoming while still not trying to like, put it out there exactly what they talked about. But you could tell what he was saying is, um, reading between the lines is, we, we've already had conversations, uh, you know, about where he stands, and we were also agreed we're going to have those conversations after spring ball. And I found that very interesting that they're already talking about that. And it's important to point out for those that don't know, Joe Burrow's dad is a college coach. He's the defensive coordinator at Ohio University under Frank Solich. He was on the staff at, at Nebraska when Solich was the head coach in Nebraska. Solich is the head coach at Ohio University, and, and Burrow followed him um, you know, to Ohio. So, um, you know, he, he, he's you're not going to lie to, you know, hopefully you wouldn't lie to any parent of any player. You're certainly not going to mislead, like, a fellow college coach who is, like, the father of one of your players. So I really feel like Urban Meyer is going to sit them down and, and explain where they're at. So that, it's a huge part of it to answer your question. I mean, they know that, you know, Joe Burrow has a decision to make, really, by June, sometime in June. He's going to graduate in late May uh, here in, in yeah, Ohio State after just, you know, four years and really three and a half years because he's just going to be a fourth-year junior um, this coming fall. Um, so he's going to be able to transfer and be eligible immediately, as we all know, as you said. So he's, he it does push it up, and that's why I think they owe it to him, and I think they will tell him exactly where he stands. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, myself included, ruled out the possibility of he's going to be the guy leaving spring. That's, that's maybe more of a possibility than I think, although what I think will happen is Urban Meyer is going to tell him it's equal. Urban, I think, really is torn. You can see it in his face. You can see it in Urban Meyer, you know, everything he says. You can hear it in his words. And, um, you know, I think Urban's going to try and get both these guys to stick around for the fall. I don't know if you can do that, but I think that's what he's going to try to do. This is not the first time Urban Meyer has had a crowded quarterback room since he's been in Columbus. Do you think there are any lessons to be learned from his man management practices during the days of Barrett Jones Miller that might give us meaningful insight into how he'll handle Burrow, uh, Haskins, and Martell here. You would hope so if you're a Buckeye fan because that was not a good way to handle it. Um, I, I, I keep I keep saying like you know the Buckeyes are kind of in a no lose situation here because I really feel like they can win big with either Burrow or Haskins. I mean Haskins has the the big league arm and and it's not just he's got like a strong arm. He, he, he's accurate. He's the best, you know, in my opinion, he'll be the best pro prospect uh, at the quarterback position to come out of Ohio State in a long time, which admittedly is a, is a low bar, but still he, you know, he's the one guy. It's not just his arm strength. He, he can, he's accurate and he makes decisions, but Burrow can do a lot of things well, too. So I keep saying, like, they're in a no-lose situation that either one of these guys they can win big with, and I believe that, but the one way it could go wrong for Ohio State is that they try and do a two-quarterback system, and I just don't think that can work if you have two quarterbacks you have none it's a cliche but i believe in people say well what about 2006 with urban meyer at florida that he won the national championship with the two quarterback system see i don't consider that a true quarterback two quarterback system when chris leak was a starter they bring tim tebow in and short yardage goal line stuff like that that's not a true two quarterback system what would be taught that you know like with burrow and haskins would be talking about those guys like i don't know like you know, both guys playing in the same game not necessarily uh, rotating series but both playing that is where they could go wrong and i feel like urban 
you know, he's so torn that I think that's a, a, one of the options he's considering. I think that's the one way they could go wrong. So hopefully he has learned something from 2015 if you're a Buckeye fan. Um, I don't know if he has because he was asked about 2015 and how that plays into uh, this decision, and he was pretty defiant. He, he, did, he, he could tell he didn't like the question. He didn't want to talk about it. Um, and, you know, part of that's probably because deep down, Connor, he knows that he, he did not handle 2015 the best way. Dave Biddle is the editor of Bucknuts.com. You can find him on Twitter at Dave Biddle. Dave, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Connor. Thanks for having me. There's a new episode of The Morning Blitz every weekday, so we'll be back in your podcast feed tomorrow morning talking to the reporters who cover the biggest college football stories of the day in a tidy 10 to 15-minute package. If you enjoy what we're doing here at The Morning Blitz, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, and tell a friend to check us out. We'll be right back.